Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Believe in Bears with Joey Christopoulos and former Bears defensive end Corey Wooten. We've got a great little episode coming up for you in just a second. Got to talk about our sponsor. It's the holiday season, and why not? Let's talk about betonline.ag. It's off. It's rolling. It's the NFL. It's college football, but also the NHL and NBA. They're back and they're hitting their stride. So that's why BetOnline is your number one destination for all your sports wagering info with up-to-the-minute sports wagering news, odds, trends, predictions. BetOnline, it's the top spot for everything pro and amateur sports and not just the big four. They got info available at your fingertips and your desktop. So what are you waiting for? Head on over to BetOnline.ag today. Remember to use that promo code, Believe B-L-E-A-V. You will receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use that promo code believe go check it out believe bet online where the game starts ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for coming to the show it is bye week the chicago bears thrilled the nation on monday night football with a 12 to 10 win over the minnesota vikings to move to four and eight on the season so let's bring in our co-host to talk about it he's former bears defensive end he is west ken golf club's very own he is chgo's very own and former northwestern wildcat it's Corey wooten what's up Corey? What's up, Joey? Bears got a dub, right? And uh, I know it wasn't the the prettiest. I know it wasn't. But you got you got a Khalil Mack jersey on there, don't you? <laughs> yeah, I have I have, I have a one gear. I haven't worn gear on the show all year, and I don't know if I'm going to get a chance to do it again. So I might as well do it now, right? Exactly. He's close to you right now, Khalil Mack, where you are in LA. So I, I get it. I get it. But the Bears got to win. It wasn't pretty. Um, the defense uh, lately has been playing pretty dang good. Eberflus has them yeah. playing well. Four turnovers in that game. How about my man Montez Sweat? That a lot of people knocked that trade, but I just knew once he got comfortable in the system, Joey, the first game, first two games, you got to take that with a grain of salt, right? He's trying to understand the scheme. It's definitely different from Washington, and you're not going to play as fast. What I've seen the past two weeks, we've been playing fast, and that's what you love to see, right? A guy that's 6'6", 270, the length, the strength, his get-off, his long arm, really being able to work his hands in there. It's been unbelievable. It's awesome to see the big 9-8, you know, more 98-2, slamming quarterbacks to the ground. So it was awesome to see. And I think he's lifting up the rest of that defensive line. You look at a guy like Jervon Dexter is really starting to make his mark in there, really flashing in these plays. And, Joey, the crazy part is he still plays with high pad level. He still doesn't get off the football consistently. He's just such a freak of nature athlete, 6'6", 315, ran a 4'8". We see the burst, but Joey, when he fully trusts this system and is able to get off, imagine that, a guy that's 6'6", 315 pounds that runs a 4'8", getting off the ball consistently, the penetration he's going to be able to get, how he's going to be able to push the pocket and win on rushes because he's doing that right now, not being able to get off the ball. So I I think this offseason is critical for him, for his development, right? Because if he can go in this offseason – and I would say go to a guy like Chuck Smith, certified pass uh, rush specialist down in Atlanta or any kind of other pass rush specialist. Work on your get off, work on your hands, because this year, the year one to two is where you see tremendous growth. And a guy like him finally trusting that scheme and that get off. I mean, he could be a breakout player for, for next year. So I'm looking forward to that. Jalen Johnson, right, continues to play well. Um, should. He probably should have about six picks this year. He's, he's, he's dropped a bunch. <laughs> he's dropped a bunch this season. Um, but, I mean, I think the Bears need to pay him, Joey. I, I think he deserves it. I think he's a true shutdown corner. Um, I love the defense, what they're starting to build. 
they're they're two positions away, in my opinion, from being a, a completely dominant defense. And that's a defensive end opposite Montez Sweat. You got three. three. The three technique. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were about to say three, but yeah, three technique. Because oh, no, no, in this yeah. yeah, in this Tampa two scheme, the three technique is the engine that runs this because think about on pass rush situations. Usually the three technique is matched up. They always have that one-on-one rush. And think about what's the quickest point to the quarterback, a three technique or an end, three technique by far. So if they have a dominant three technique that can get off the get off the ball to be able to create, to penetrate, and get that pass rush consistently, both defensive ends are going to have double-digit sacks, and that three technique will have anywhere from five to nine sacks, maybe even ten. So I, I think if they can do that, they can be a really dominant defense. You look at their linebacking core, unbelievable the way they're playing right now. Um, Edmonds, Edwards. Jack Sanborn, unbelievable. Kyler Gordon's really coming his own. Chacon Brisker. The only one I think will not be here next year um, is probably Eddie Jackson, right? I think I think it's going to be too much money to keep him, and I think his play hasn't matched what he's getting paid. So I could see him, the Bears moving on from him and stacking up somebody in free agency or the draft. But I, I really like what the defense has brought to the table uh, the past two weeks, um, and – yeah, th- this was arguably their most complete game as, as a defense, um, and that's one of the reasons they were able to win the game. Another name I'll throw in the bin really quick is that I just don't think Yannick Ngakwe is probably in the future plans for the Chicago Bears. Um, hopefully he can finish strong and sign yep. his ninth one-year contract with a ninth different team. Um, he's made a great career out of it. He's seeing the world. I just don't think he's part of the Bears' future. Um, and then, Corey, you're bringing up so many different points, and I think for Bears fans, I've been I, I, I've been trying to personally try and drill into um, what is it exactly. So it can be a little mixture of everything, right? But if you had to kind of tip the scales one way or the other of why this defense has kind of turned around over the last month, uh, I'm going to throw a couple of things out for you, and you've already kind of mentioned some of them, but is there one that you maybe say is the most important one? One is honestly, I, I just think they've gotten a little healthier as the year has gone on. Obviously, you don't have Kyler Gordon on IR. I mean, he didn't finish. He's been in and out of the game a little bit last week. Crown Brisker's healthier. Um, is it also the force multiplier nature of bringing in a guy like Montez Sweat that all of a sudden now seemingly has this defense playing faster? That suddenly has the cornerbacks playing more confident? Is it Matt? And, and look, we give Matt Eberflus a hard time on this show. Is it Matt Eberflus's scheme trying to actually start to finally sink in and, and match some of the speed and the play of the players on the field? Um, or, 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 or what is it? You know what I mean? Uh, if you can yeah. maybe put your finger on one of those things, what would you point to that says why this defense is kind of, and honestly, they've turned it around over the last month. They've been yeah. stopping the run. They've been doing a great job and now they're getting turnovers. So since the beginning of the year, they've been able to stop the run, but I think the, the biggest thing was them not being healthy on the back end and then the pressure yep. and they traded for Montez sweat. You know, the first, first game really wasn't an impact was kind of playing slower what I would imagine, right? Um, and we just see him getting more confident, him getting off the football, him winning on rushes, and he's kind of elevating everybody's game. And, and a young guy like Javon Dexter is looking at him like, look at this freaking nature, look what he's able to do, and all of a sudden it just elevates everybody's game. So I think it's a combination of a bunch of things, but they are playing well because early in the season, I, you know, I was ready to be done with Iberflus, to be honest with you, because the lack of pressure, him not dialing up blitz packages, you know, I always said, I look at a guy like Brian Flores, right? What he's been able to do pressure-wise, teams have really struggled. Opposing quarterbacks have struggled going against a guy like Flores because he's able to bring the house, right? Pressure, 
makes quarterbacks uncomfortable. And a, a lot of these guys in the league that they play against consistently, um, they really struggle against a guy like Flores. So I was hoping Ibraflus would take a page from that. I think he's what we're seeing is we're seeing them win with four, and then we're seeing them start to bring some some different blitz packages with the linebackers, with the secondary, and it's disguising, you know, some of the different coverage looks, you know. That's that's why you know you're baiting these quarterbacks to throw the ball, and that's why we've seen them so successful. So I think Iberflus has really turned things around defensively, and I love what I see. So, in, in my opinion, I think I think he's trending towards keeping him. I, I I really do. I think it might come down. I think it might come down to the coordinator uh, with Getzi, right? I, I I think we can all agree he hasn't done a good job, and we're we're, we're going to dive into that a little bit. But my only thing is, Joey. If you have the opportunity to get a guy like Harbaugh, I really, I really think you got to give that some consideration, especially with your quarterback situation, whether it's Justin Fields or somebody else. He's a quarterback guru, and what he's been able to do with Andrew Luck, Colin Kaepernick, you know, Alex Smith, all these different guys. Um, what he's been able to do, you know, we talk about on on uh, our Big Ten podcast, JJ McCarthy as well, how he's elevated his game. So I think I think it could be an option that you look at, but. I think if Iberflus continues to coach his team and defensively they continue to play well, you definitely got to give him some consideration. And, you know, we'll get into Luke Getze, but I, I think he's really done this offensive disservice, and especially in a year when this was a, a monumental year for Justin Fields and this offense and the growth. You got weapons. You got a better offensive line now. Um, we've seen so much up and down, right? We've seen at times yeah. the Washington Commanders game. Um you know, the Denver Broncos game, even the Detroit game feels look pretty good. Um, but Luke Getze in this last game, 15 side screen passes, Joey, that's you, you can't do that. You cannot do that. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Hold on. We're, oh, 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 we're getting to that one, buddy. Uh, but real quick, I just want to stay on the defense for just one more uh, one more second. I want to ask you one more thing about the defense really quick, because. It's it's tough, right? I mean, if, if I'm sitting here, I'm saying it's probably too little too late for Matt Eberflus. This is continu a continuous habit of like, okay, we're seeing results now, but we're seeing results 24 games into a regime. And I will say, though, that I am I am getting encouraged, though, where I do think the Chicago Bears need one more really, really big piece on defense. I mean, a really big piece, you know, uh, to quote Big Lebowski, a piece that kind of ties the room together, so to speak. Yeah. But I think it is getting close to a place where I think you can start really allocating some free agency dollars and some draft capital solely on offense in this offseason. And I think that is good news for the Chicago Bears. So I do want to ask you, though, um, you know, there was there was a former player, former teammate of yours. He's been on ESPN. He's been on a lot of Chicago radio recently, Lance Briggs. And he is actually advocating now that they keep Eberflus. Um, because I think of some of the scars and the trauma that himself and you went through when you guys moved on from Bobby Smith over to Mark Trestman, um, moving yeah. over to an offensive coach. Now, in my personal opinion, I think Jim Harbaugh is that big swing that I don't think you mess up. He's not a Canadian football champion coach. He's a dude that went to a Super Bowl. He's a guy who's been in the NFL for a long time. He's a winner. We've seen it in many different programs. Uh, but I do want to ask you, you lived through it of of a, of a defense that had um, an identity and had a way that was going about doing things, and then they kind of pulled the rug out from underneath you. This defense is learning how to do that right now. Is that kind of why you're maybe sort of trying to look at this from a different perspective moving forward, the way that the defense is trending? Do you agree with your former teammate Lance Briggs? I, 
I, I do. And that 2012 season that he's talking about when we played under Lovey Smith, we were top five defense, arguably, you know, leading the league in turnovers. You know, we we're up there in sacks, yep. just total defense. It was unbelievable. Right. We we were able to close out and win a lot of games because our defense. Right. The way the defense have been playing the past couple of weeks, they've been playing very consistent. Right. And they're starting to hit their hit their stride. And the thing I, I always have to remember, I'm like, listen, Iberflus, right? He, he has decisions and in, in, in sometimes making decisions with, with what players are there. But I really think that was Paul's show. And Paul's the past two years has, has really left the defensive line out to dry as far as, as providing arsenal, right, and weapons. That's two oh, years man. in a row. He got Yannick, right? And, and But look how that's worked out. But Montez Sweat was the best addition, in my opinion. That, that he was able to do on the defensive line. So I, th- I feel like they were kind of handcuffed because you didn't have a dominant pass rusher. Um, you didn't really have the, the weapons up front that you would need from a consistent, uh, good defense. So um, I'm trying to I'm just I'm just keeping that in mind because I feel like Poles had a plan mm-hmm. and exactly what he was going to do, but he left the defensive line out to dry. And this whole defense, what is it, Joey? Rush and cover. And what we're seeing is better rush, which – in turn, better cover. And better cover. Anyways, <laughs> so uh, it, it's, it's good to see. So I think you do have to give him some consideration, right? Especially if this defense continues to play well, turnovers, mm-hmm. pressures, uh, the, the defensive numbers are great. Then, then you got to look, you got to have a serious conversation about potentially keeping him and just saying, Hey, I'm going to be in control of who this coordinator is. I have to have a, a game planning guru. I need a genius. I need an offensive mind that can help out whatever quarterback is in here and script for success for them and lead them to the promised land, Joey, because not every offensive coordinator can, can do that. And what we've seen with Luke Getze, it's been so up and down. And I don't care what quarterback would be in his system this year. They would struggle just because of his inconsistencies. The mark of a good coach, right? That, that's why for so many years, like uh, the Patriots, Bill Belichick, what he was able to do with Tom Brady, Matt Castle, all these other quarterbacks, right? I know now they're, they're absolutely struggling. But for years, he always script for success. Josh, Josh McDaniels or whatever coordinator was in there, they script for success for whatever that quarterback was. You look at Andy Reid, right? They, they get rid of Tyreek Hill. They still find ways to get the ball to receivers. And I know his receivers this year, Mahomes, hasn't helped them out. They've dropped a bunch. You look at what Philly's been able to do, right? How they've been able to game plan for Jalen Hurts. So I look, I look at the differences in, in different coordinators, and not all, all coordinators are created equal. So I'm hoping going forward, I think we can all agree that I, I highly doubt Luke Getzey's going to be here next year just because of his inconsistencies. Yeah, I mean, look, I, in terms of the coaching staff and moving forward, I would offer you Jim Harbaugh and as your defensive coordinator, Ron Rivera. Um, I think – if we want to talk 4-3, if we want to keep the same style, if we think we want to keep the same mentality, if we want to stay Russian cover, I think Ron Rivera is the perfect guy to come in and take over the defensive coordinator reins, keep that rolling a little bit, not really change anything in bringing Jim Harbaugh. Um, but I, I see that, you know, and look, we got we have more, we have more time. Look, I, I know a lot of Bears fans and probably people commenting on this right now as they're watching on Sports Talk Chicago. Thank you so much for tuning in, even if you're not enjoying the show. Haha, <laughs> still comment. Um, but I, I still a lot of, I know a lot of people have had their minds made up, but personally, I don't feel like I have to do anything. All right. We have more games to play. We have more things to learn from this team, from our quarterback, from the coaching staff, from the defense. So I don't need to really 
I don't really need to make a determination on any anything, right? Because I still have time to go out there. Great. There's a ton of evidence that says where I'm leaning right now. I have my opinions. I have my leanings right now. But we don't have to make a determination. That's the beauty of what's remaining with this season. You're talking about Luke Etsy right now. And my question for you is there is something going on with and you talk a lot about confidence and you talk a lot about trust when you talk about yeah. the game of football Corey there is something going on where Luke Getze doesn't have confidence or lacks trust in some sort of aspect of this offense and you know what it could be himself because this screen game man it, it when Troy Aikman and Joe Buck are literally making fun of you on Monday Night Football because you're running the 15th screen pass or whatever, whether yeah. it's tight end, whether it's backside, whether it's quick bubble screen to the wide receiver, you keep throwing it over and over again. It, it really belies to some sort of point. Now, I understand that he wants it to be some sort of extension of the running game. Um, maybe he has confidence in our open field blocking. But, man, Corey, for me, this says that Luke Getze has lack of confidence either in his offensive line, in himself, or Justin Fields. So in your opinion, who does he have the lack of confidence in, whether he's right or wrong? Why does this keep, why is this our bread and butter? Why do we keep pulling it out there? Can, can you wrap your head around why the screen game is such a huge, huge part of our offensive menu? I, I think it comes down to a lack of confidence, probably in Justin Fields. I, I think that's where, where Getsy is. Um, and my thing is like this. If you're not confident in Justin Fields, like my, my whole thing is everything in the media, they've been saying, hey, we need to see more from Justin Fields. We need to see him close out games. We need to see what we have in him. And then they contradict themselves when in the Detroit game, the last two possessions of the game, when the, when the game is on the line, you take the ball out of his hands. Right. It's not like they're making the playoffs at this point right now. You need to see what you have for Justin Fields. That's what they've been clear on the evaluation. Brian Poles and company. Uh, Eberflus, Luke Getze. So why would you not, when the game's on the line, say, hey, let, let's game plan for him. I'm not talking about doing anything ridiculous, but the thing is, why not give him some of those options, some of those bootlegs where he has the option to run or pass, right, and complete an easy check down or tuck, tuck it and go, especially when you're trying to close out the game, hold the clock, because him one-on-one -on, -one on a linebacker or defensive end on the edge, he, he proved it all game in that Detroit game that they cannot contain him. So I just didn't understand that. And then this past game as well, literally there was three side screen passes, swing screen passes in a row. Yeah. First down, second down, third down. Literally, <laughs> the, the opposing defense was like, oh, I know exactly where this is going. They jumped the route. They're just they flipping sides. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So there was no creativity there. And at this point, what do you have to lose? What, really, what do you have to lose? It cannot be any worse than this game planning you have been doing. Air it out. Get Justin Fields on the move. See what you have in him, right? Because this is a huge evaluation. They're trying to figure out if he's their guy or not. But this goes against everything they're saying. It, it really does. So it kind of baffles me. Oh, we need to see what we have from him. But let's do side screen. Let's do this. Let's game plan terribly. Oh, the last two minutes of the game in Detroit game. Let's take the ball out of his hands of arguably the best playmaker on the field at that point. Both both teams. This doesn't make sense to me, Joe. Um, it, it's it's tough to wrap your head around. Um, and when we talk about the coaching staff, I mean, you know, Eberflus. We there's a lot of really respected journalists in Chicago Bears fans that say that Matt Eberflus will be back next year. So whether we scream it into this microphone or you type it into the comments, uh, that might happen. I don't see a world 
where Luke Getzey returns as offensive coordinator. Um, it just hasn't worked. Whether you want to talk about his style doesn't match with Justin Fields. Whether you want to talk about he's just a bad offensive coordinator, I think both cases can be made. Um, I don't think that he's coming back personally. Um, and I'm right there with you because, again, unfortunately, maybe this is our final our final topic here, and I want you to weigh in. Um, you know, when we're talking about Justin Fields, I don't know if I learned a lot from this last performance, right? I mean, there was, there was a little bit of everything from Justin Fields in this game, right? He made some great plays with his legs. I thought early on when he was 12 for 12, um, it was for only like 45 yards or something, but he was outside the pocket. He was finding guys open. He was deadly. He was making, you know, the defense, it was, it was making hell uh, for the opposing Minnesota defense. I thought all things considered the way the Vikings blitzed the ball. I thought Justin Fields handled that pretty well. Um, and of course he has the game winning drive. And in the end of the day, he still has those two fumbles that simply can't happen. Um, and when you start looking at you stacking the fumbles and the interceptions together, which honestly are kind of the same stat, um, it's just a lot of turnovers for Justin Fields. Um, unfortunately, after the Lions game, after the Minnesota game, I don't feel like I've learned too much more about Justin Fields to make a determination yet. And I think a part of it has to do with Luke Getzey. Have you been able to, to learn something? I, I say it every week. Justin Fields is on trial to remain the franchise quarterback of the Chicago Bears. And do you feel like after this Minnesota game, he was able to make a more compelling case or inconclusive? We still got to see more. Yeah, I, I, I think it's inconclusive as, as far as it goes for, for the people that don't believe in him. I, I'm a big Justin Fields fan. I think he has all the talent. Um, I think they've done him a disservice this year. This should have been a a huge developmental year for him to really progress. And, and I think they missed the mark on this. Um, my only thing, Joey, is is if you traded him today, you know, I think a lot of teams would would, would be chomping at the bit to get him because he's just so talented. And I, I so I think I think he hasn't even scratched the surface of what he can be. Um, you know, he can't he can't fumble the ball twice, right? When the game's online. You can't you can't do that. You gotta have better ball security. But I thought early on he looked pretty confident. They got him on the move. And that's what it seems like. The, the scripted plays work out really well. And then once you get off the script, they kind of struggle. But my thing is like this. I think you need to continue to build around him. I think you need you need another year to build around him, get, get another wide receiver, right? Get a great defensive line and get a play caller that can really script for success. Um, because he has all the talent in the world. I, I really do believe that. And my thing is you draft a quarterback – and, you know, you expect a different result all of a sudden. Like, it, it's – I always go back to this. Like, if Patrick Mahomes was drafted to the Bears back then, he wouldn't be who he is. I, I really believe that. I believe he's a talented guy, and he's like that that that, that once in a, in, a, in, a, in a kind of lifetime type player. But the thing was, people have to realize that he was a project coming out. He wasn't – he wasn't a Deshaun Watson, a guy that was a proven winner that – Everyone was saying he's NFL ready, right? Patrick Mahomes, he was in the perfect situation he could be. He sat a year behind Alex Smith, learned the system. And think about this, Alex Smith, remember him, game manager, comes to Kansas City under Andy Reid, four-time pro bowler, right? Leading the league in passing yards, uh, completions, the whole bit. Andy Reid. Former bust? You mean Alex yeah, Smith, exactly. former number one Mi pick bust? Mr. 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 Game manager, right? That's what they called him. Yeah. And then he comes to Kansas City. So I think it was like the perfect situation for Patrick Mahomes. Joey, I, I, I could I could 
if I was a betting man, I'd bet all my money. Patrick Mahomes would not be who he is today if he got drafted to the Bears because Matt Nagy and that team would have done him a huge disservice. Would have. I mean, it, it just is yeah. what it is. Like, you know, I think maybe he would have been a little bit better than Jabisky was, but Matt Nagy didn't do anybody any favors, right? He really did not. Um, and I think I think the same thing with Luke Getze, what he's been able to do with Justin Fields. You haven't got the best out of out of your player, and the mark of a good coach is to game plan and script for what they do well. You got to put your ego to the side, right? The, the the mark of a good coach is is to manufacture a game plan that works for what you have, right? What you do well, and I think he's failed to do that. I think Matt Nagy failed to do that. Um, yeah, it's just it, it's been a tough situation. Uh, the, the Bears with with their past two. Uh, first round quarterbacks, but I, I think the thing is, Trubisky. It showed that nobody really wanted him. Like when when he left Chicago, I think the the it would be the opposite with Justin Fields because he's just so talented, and I think people are like, yeah, literally they're after the Philly game, after the Miami game. Like Mike McDaniel commented on how talented he is. Like this guy's a playmaker. Like people weren't saying that about Mitch Trubisky, and then that's just honest. Even when he had that one game where he threw five touchdowns, nobody's saying, oh, I want Mr. Trubisky. He's so talented and all this. So I think it's it's such a different situation with Justin Fields. And I think he, he gets a lot of the scrutiny, right? Some of it definitely on him. A lot of it's on, on, the, on the play caller. Yeah, let's just set the record straight on a couple of things in terms of Trubby. I mean, look, no one can deny the Trubby had a winning record with the Chicago Bears, but at the exact same time, um, that defense was top five in the league. That was an absolutely elite defense. They were dealing with short fields all the time, um, and they had a really, really strong running game too as well, not to say that the Bears don't now, but it's a completely different kind of system and, and setup. Uh, Mitch Trubisky, there are stats out there that could not throw to the left side of the field. Uh, he refused to throw to the left side of the field. And also his numbers 15 yards down the field. If you want to pull them up, go ahead, Bears fans, and compare them against Justin Fields. I guarantee you Justin Fields' numbers down the field are way better than Mitch Trubisky's um, ever will be. And, oh, yeah, for those also counting at home right now, if you pull up Drake May's stats right now, Trubisky had better numbers his final year in college than Drake May is this year, and I also ask you to say, look up the game logs right now where the competition really isn't that different, right? When Trubisky played Georgia, he only threw for 156. When Drake May sees better competition, he doesn't play that well either too as well. So I'm just kind of throwing that one out there, and I'm going to put it to you like this, and this is the part that I can't figure out for the life of me, is that I love everything about Justin Fields. There is nothing that I don't like about Justin Fields. The part that I don't know about Corey is the 2.5 seconds after the ball is snapped into that 2.5 seconds. And for the life of me, I can't figure out whether it is Justin Fields or whether it is the play calling. Cause I could so easily say, why don't you just throw a damn slant every once in a while, instead of this bubble wide receiver screen nonsense, yeah. you know what I mean? Get the ball out of his hands that way. Or is it that Justin Fields can't read the field? Or is it that we're not giving him a clear and healthy enough picture to read the field in the first place? So it's that 2.5 seconds that I just still want to see more of mm -hmm. moving forward before I make my determination. And to also say that he can't get better at it, that's silly. So yep. I don't know. Justin's got everything that you want. And if you're thinking you want Caleb Williams right now, guess who else holds on to the ball, my friends? Uh, Caleb Williams. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And, and honestly, his numbers don't even, his numbers also pale in comparison to Patrick Mahomes numbers. I know that they were different. They're different in power conferences too, as well. So 
I mean, look, man, I think that there's a lot. I think the door is still open. Anyone that thinks that they have their decision mind, their decision made up, um, God bless you. Go forth. I hope that you are, can be honest with yourself and keep an open mind moving forward to change your decision if things change because that's what life is. Being firm in your decision right now. Yep. Um, go for it. Knock yourself out. Um, you know, and if Justin Fields proves you wrong, I hope that you're man enough to stand up or woman enough to stand up and say, um, I was wrong. Because I'm hoping that Justin Fields does stand up and becomes the future of the franchise. Because Corey, real quick, last one, we're gonna uh, we're gonna go. I swear. But isn't the health in the future of the franchise? Aren't we better off? I know that we want to talk about money and contract. Aren't we better off if Justin Fields is the face of the franchise? We get those two top first round picks and we spend free agency dollars. Isn't that the quickest hey, hey. path to success? It, it is. It is. Um, yeah, it would be it'd be the quickest path to success. It'd be the cheapest option right now. Um, so, yeah, my only thing is like this, Joy, I, I, you know, you know where my uh, standpoint is on this. You really have to build the defensive and, and offensive lines before you can really be a, a competitive team. I, I think you win. You win games in the trenches. I think Philly is so that's, that's why they're the most consistent game uh, team in, in football right now. You, you look at Jalen Hurts stats. And they don't blow you out of the water. Yeah, he had a, he had a lot of touchdowns last game. But you look at his stats: 190 yards passing, right, rushing it for 60 yards. Um, his stats don't woo and wow you. But what but what does he do? Right? They, they they get him on the move. They they script for him. They have two really stud receivers. You know, they have a tight end that's been injured for a little bit, but Goddard's a stud as well. Um, got a great running back in Swift. So they have a lot of pieces and a dominant offensive defensive line right so they're able they're able to protect him and on the other side they're able to generate consistent pressure on the other side so i think he's in the perfect situation and joey that's what i'm hoping they can do for justin fields right surround him with that type of talent and especially especially give him another receiver next year because i think darnell mooney as much as we want him to be that number two i don't think he is i think he's more of a number three um so i think we i think we do need to explore the, the potential of another receiver. Um, it seems like offensively, if, if Tevin Jenkins is healthy, I think that the the offensive line looks pretty good. It looks like they're going to continue to go with Braxton Jones at left tackle, which is a great option because you got him for another two years. Tevin Jenkins, you have for another year. Um, so I, I think I think it's a great situation. The only position I think they they must fill is, is that center, right? And they're probably going to make a decision on Nate Davis, you know, because he really hasn't lived up to the the, the hype that they had uh, coming into the season. So um, it's going to be a huge year. But I think if you can build around Justin Fields and, and just script for him, I'm telling you, like, this is not taking anything away from Jalen Hurts, but Justin Fields is faster. He has a stronger arm, right? It's all a matter of it putting together, right? And I think the game plan that they've had for certain games this year, it showed that what Justin Fields can be, right? That Washington Commanders game was unreal. Played lights out, right? The Denver game, especially through three quarters, played really well. We see what he can do, right? It's now a matter yeah. – it, exactly. Now it's a matter of, of having a game plan and allowing allowing it to suit his strengths. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence. Uh, let's just say Brock Purdy for fun, Dak Prescott. Uh, I'm missing a couple of guys, Justin Herbert, J Jalen Hurts. I'm at eight right now, and I'm struggling to keep going. Uh, forgive me, I'm missing a couple of guys, but look at the quarterback playing the NFL right now and tell me that Justin Fields can't be 
a top 10 or top 12 quarterback in the NFL um, if we get the offensive play calling right and we get a couple more weapons. Uh, make that argument. Just do it, and and then we'll, we'll go from there. And then that's why I think both of you think that he can be successful in the NFL. Um, we might disagree with whether he'll be with the Chicago Bears or not, but that's just a part of being a Chicago Bears fan. Will we get the decision right at the quarterback? It's something that we've dealt with for decades. Um, we got to get out of here, Corey. Um, this is a bi-week episode. Uh, everyone, thank you so much for tuning in, watching us here on Sports Talk Chicago, or listening to us on a presenting Believe Network. Um, please come back next week. There is a strong chance that we have a very, very, very interesting guest who very often has been in the headlines uh, talking Chicago Bears football. Um, and maybe isn't so much of a big fan of what we're trying to do right now. And I want him and Corey to go at it um, and talk about it a little bit. We'll see if we can work that out. So please come on back. Today's episode is presented by BetOnline.ag. 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V. Corey, man, um, happy holidays, man. Take us home. Everybody rest through yep. the Y week. Be well, be safe, be good to each other. Corey, great episode. Yep. Take us home. Yeah, another great pod. Um huge win for the bears even though it wasn't pretty a win's a win in this in this league and hopefully they'll rest up get healthy come back um ready to go and i, I think the biggest thing i, I want to see is the last stretch of games is the game planning offensively i love what they've been doing defensively but offensively script for success for justin fields allow him to throw the ball down the field right this is an evaluation period that's what you've been talking evaluate right script some plays where he can air the ball down the field right get him on the move get him confident but you need to see what you have right because for you and every other bears fan and the the coaching staff on this franchise it's an evaluation time for justin fields right to see if he's the guy going forward so allow him to showcase what he can do that, that's my only ask to them so get healthy get ready to go and finish this season strong offensively because defensively they're really starting to improve, but offensively, we want to see the same thing. So we'll, we'll get back with you guys next week, and, and hopefully we have that guest you're talking about because we'll go back and forth all day like rock'em, sock'em, boppers, baby, you know? So looking forward to it. And uh, like you always say, be well, be safe. Bear down, baby. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.